faithwire.com. Russia launches another possible false flag reason to launch an invasion against Ukraine. Today is Monday, February 21st, 2022. I'm Dan Andros, and we'll have that story and more coming up on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. You can find us on iTunes, and you can give us a subscribe over there so that you're here every day. We'd love to have you uh, riding through these crazy days of news with us and with me today. As always, getting through it, Trey Gones Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire.com with a look at what's coming up today, guys. How's it going? Happy Monday. Yeah, I'm just getting ready for the weekend. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Monday. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I'm ready I, for the week. I'm excited. Yes. yes. It's gonna be a busy yeah. week. I keep saying that, guys. That this is the podcast that if I'm if there's anything you can learn from this podcast, yes, it's Christian perspective on the news, of course. But there's also just our ability, our uncanny ability to get you to the weekend faster than the other podcast. If there's any that's other reason to listen to us, that's what, that's what it is. So yeah, anyway, it's what we do. What anyway. We do. So what, what do you guys got coming up? So anybody who's a fan of uh, Marvel movies or Lost from back in the day will remember Evangeline Lilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has uh, got some comments for Justin Trudeau and how he's handled the Freedom Convoy. Uh, so we'll dig into that. All right. And we will also be getting into a story about a woman who was once a fierce atheist who found herself really on the brink of suicide and then discovered Jesus. Hmm. All right. Looking forward to those. Uh, We are going to start here, however, uh, in Ukraine, where there are still uh, big concerns here that Putin is committed to an invasion. That was according to a UK defense secretary. And um, Putin is apparently still going to go ahead with this, according to Secretary Ben Wallace, uh, who warned uh, today in a statement um, to his lawmakers there at the UK Parliament. He said that all the indicators point to increasing numbers and readiness of Russian forces. Uh, That is in light of this Russian troop increase that we saw uh, in the past 48 hours, um, they have now amassed 65% of its land combat power on the Ukrainian border. And Wallace also pointed out that the, um, quote, proliferation of false flag operations, propaganda stunts, and Russian news outlets carrying fictitious allegations. And these are not the actions of a Russian Russian government fulfilling its repeated declarations that it has no intention of invading Ukraine. In fact, we've seen over the last few weeks that the Russian playbook being implemented in a way that gives a strong cause for concern that President Putin is still committed to an invasion. So uh, we've heard similar comments echoed from the United States as well. And our own George Thomas uh, is on the ground in Ukraine. We've got a report from him. He's talking about some of these potential false flag operations that uh, the UK uh, Defense Secretary mentioned there. Here's here's, uh, the report from George. Russia's eight-year-long war against Ukraine in the east has taken a dramatic turn in the last 72 hours. Three sources that I've spoken to in the occupied territories say they've been notified this weekend that women, children and the elderly need to evacuate immediately because they allege that Ukraine is preparing for a massive military offensive. In addition, men between the ages of 18 and 60 are ordered to stay behind and to take up arms. In the meantime, the United States says it has credible evidence that in the event of a Russian invasion, Moscow has drawn up a kill list. Among those to be targeted are dissidents from Russia and Belarus who are currently living in Ukraine. 
as well as journalists and human rights activists. Also on that list reportedly are members of ethnic and religious minority communities. George Thomas, CBN News, Lviv, Ukraine. And just a reminder for everybody to keep praying for George Thomas over there in Ukraine as all these uh, tensions are looming there and he remains on the ground. He's been giving us great reports, which you can see uh, on faithwire.com, on cbn.com, on all of our social channels, the CBN News social channels on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, and Faithwire social channels as well, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Um, we have all of that for you. And it's really crazy, guys, because those uh, claims from Russia, why we say it's potentially a false flag here, is that you have these um, leaders from these two breakaway pro-Russian territories. And they're claiming that Ukrainians, as George mentioned, are planning this big military offensive in the area. And so they evacuate. Um, they're telling all these citizens to allegedly evacuate. And you have these Russians heading over into Russia because these are areas like in, in Ukraine uh, that, that the Russians are speaking to. And um, uh, and then they instruct the men to stay there and take up arms. So it's th the reason why we're thinking it may be a false flag is because, you know, they're trying to gin up, you know, a reason to go in there. Oh, Ukraine's going to, you know, potentially invade this spot and invade these these Russians, um, these pro-Russian territories. So we need to go in there. I mean, this is part and parcel with the with the human rights violations that they talked about last week. Um, so, so, and that's what the defense minister there is talking about when he's saying like, you look at their playbook and their actions and they're trying to create these pretexts for being able to go in. So they don't quote, look like the bad guy there. So obviously as Christians, um, as Franklin Graham pointed out, you know, we should be praying for the leaders involved in these situations. And um, for some, that's a tough pill to swallow, but the bottom line is, I mean, nobody wants war. I mean, I mean, most people, at least no Christian, should really want war. Obviously, it's necessary at some points, but um, we should be praying that that peace can happen, uh, you know, uh, and that we don't have, you know, a repeat of eight years ago where it was war and um, these tensions come to a head and people die. I mean, we don't want that, obviously. So um, from a Christian perspective, we can just be playing, praying that, you know, that is God's will, that he moves in the hearts of these leaders, that that we would be able to avert it. I know Pre uh, President Biden is allegedly offering a summit with Putin. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Well, obviously, a lot depends on what Putin does in the coming days. Yeah, I guess it's just it's so strange watching this play out. Does Putin think there's any world in which people would suddenly start to believe that there was some justification for this? I mean, right. it makes you wonder it makes you wonder how detached he is from the reality of how the world communicates and understands information. I mean, he can't be that detached from yeah. it, but yet if you're thinking you could orchestrate something like that, or if you're thinking that you could behave in a way that would convince the world that your actions are somehow suddenly rational when everybody has been saying they're not, that to me is one of the most fascinating parts of where we currently are with this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to your point and to your question, I, I don't think there's a lot of no men around Vladimir Putin. I think the, I think the, yeah. I think it's a lot of yes men. The no men tend to find their ways to, uh, falling out 13 story windows of their apartments you know or just disappearing yeah just disappearing where did they go i don't know they criticized uh you know Putin's plan and they disappeared so um yeah, yeah. so i just don't think you yeah to, to your point i mean I, I think that's how you can live in a bubble is when you force people out who are willing to give you a contrarian point of view or 
a realistic point of view, they probably don't tend to last too long. Yeah. And, you know, just a completely random aside about this. I actually just learned we were talking about before we started uh, recording. I did not know how to pronounce the capital of Ukraine. I always thought it was <laughs> Kiev. So it's actually Kiev. And I learned that from George Thomas. So, George, if you're listening, thank you for well done. Uh, for Why is it the simplest? That. But but see, um, isn't that it's never that it's a simple uh, to me. That is like the common sense pronunciation. But that's not the one any of us had been using. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, but also I just want to say, yeah, I think even the New York times was talking about the confusion. I think that's part of the, the deal here, right? Is that Putin is trying to drum up all of this confusion and get uh, a lot of lack of clarity because then, you know, he can, I guess in his mind, he can then do what, what he wants and everybody will just be completely confused about it. But what's interesting is that uh, the, they are the Kremlin supposedly is claiming that these separatist groups are having to go in because Ukraine is threatening right. um, to, to take them over. Uh, but the key Kiev is saying, we're not doing that. Like we have no intention of ever uh, invading these separatist group areas. We're not going into your territories <laughs> and the rebel leaders though. So the, so Ukraine has been pretty transparent, but the rebel leaders are just saying, Oh, just trust us. Just take us in our word. We're not going to give you any sort of, proof that they've said they're going to do that just trust that that's what they're going to do uh so it's it's interesting how putin is going about doing this because it's it, it's just creating more and more confusion and i don't know you know what what his end goal is yeah at this point yeah indeed either way we will have all the latest updates we'll keep you posted on it uh just make sure to stay tuned as i said to cbnnews.com faithwire.com for the latest yeah so, all right, story number two. So Evangeline Lilly, uh, she's known for her roles in Lost, and then she also plays Wasp in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, she's calling on Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau uh, to listen to the Freedom Convoy protesters rather than treating them, as she said, like terrorists. As she said, I want to speak to you today. This is in a video that was posted uh, on Instagram. I want to speak to you today about your current approach and treatment of our fellow Canadians who are protesting your federal vaccine mandates. It was a five minute video that was actually not posted on Lily's Instagram account, but on the Bridge City News Instagram account. Uh, she argued that Trudeau should take his pro-government mandate argument uh, directly to the leaders of the Freedom Convoy, which interestingly, we talked about this last week, two of those leaders have been arrested. Uh, so Lily said, if you are so convinced of your own reasons for the mandates, sit down and walk the leaders of a group of 2.3 million protesters across the country who represent millions more across the nation and explain it to them and ask them to listen with open hearts and minds and then reciprocate. Uh, she went on to say that real leaders, a true leader, uh, would sit down with his or her constituents, even his or her critics, uh, and, and make his argument and then hear them out when they respond. Uh, she said, listen to what they have to say with a mind open to hearing things that might go against the ideas you're entrenched in. Maybe there are solutions that can bring Canadians together right now that you have not considered. Uh, she said, what we need right now from our leadership is unification, and that requires being willing to see, recognize, and hear from the people sitting out in the cold at your doorstep. Uh, again, reiterating that a true leader would go face-to-face -face with his opponents. 
And he, she said that when you became prime minister of Canada, you did not just become the prime minister of the people who agreed with you. You became prime minister of every Canadian. You don't get to pick and choose who you'll care about. It is your civic duty to care about all Canadians, even those you disagree with. Uh, so all of this comes just days after, obviously, Trudeau invoked the Emergencies Act, which grants, grants the national government the powers to you know, seize vehicles, uh, to freeze protesters' bank accounts. And that's even has already reportedly happened to a few of the demonstrators there. Their accounts, their bank accounts have been frozen because of their participation uh, in the pro in the protest. So the act has never before been invoked, uh, but it's usually, you know, conventional thinking is that it's supposed to be deployed to deal with threats of sovereignty, security, uh, and territorial integrity. That's according to the act. Uh, but he's invoked it nonetheless, and it's suggested that the Freedom Convoy uh, fits the bill for its invocation. Uh, but uh, Evangeline Lilly is condemned uh, using it because she said it's an unnecessary uh, escalation of the situation. She said that protesting something that deeply, deeply concerns you in our society is not terrorism. It is the civic duty of every Canadian. It is our job as the people to hold our leadership accountable. If they are infringing on our inalienable rights, if we suspect that what that they have become corrupted or compromised in any way, uh, then people have a right to to you know to to speak out against their government. Uh, so that, interestingly, uh, Evangeline Lilly has not been quiet about these issues. Uh, she's been opposed to a lot of the the way that the government has has handled COVID, a lot of the protocols. Uh, in late January, she was in Washington D.C. participating in a, a protest against vaccination mandates here in the United States. Uh, she acts in the United States, obviously in in films, so she she maintains a residency here and in Canada. Uh, so she's been outspoken on on both fronts in the United States and in Canada. Uh, so it's not surprising to see her say this, but I think the, you know, as far as why it matters is we've talked about this several times. It's more and more people uh, from an interesting, it's an interesting motley crew of political affiliations of people who are coming out and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm pro vaccine. I'm pro, you know, being safe, you know, whatever, but we're two plus years in and I don't think these government restrictions make sense. Uh, and we're seeing more and more people take this stand. I think that's, you know, we're going to see more of that. It's just, it's interesting. What do y'all think of, uh, of this? Yeah. I mean, I, I like what she said there too about, Hey, you've got this big movement here. You've got this protest here. They're, they're not violent. Um, right. and you know, again, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for every single action that happened down there, but everything I've seen, as we mentioned before, if there was burning of buildings, looting of stores, if there was all that stuff, you would see it. It would have been yes. everywhere. So, my, you know, running take on what I've seen so far is that you could call this a peaceful protest you know, accurately. And so when you have that many people down there, instead of declaring an emergency, I watched Trudeau's words and he calls them unacceptable views, declares uses emergency powers for the first time, you know, in the country's history that they've had that particular emergency power. And they the first time they use it is for this. You know, this is something you use during world wars. Um, and then, you know, talking, calling it illegal blockades and all, all of that language when the reality that everyone else is seeing with their eyes is, okay, you have a big protest there. They are clogging some things up down there. How about since they seem reasonable and they're not burning things down, how about you go send somebody to talk to them? How about you go out and talk to them? Trudeau himself went out and bowed his knees down at a, at a Black Lives Matter protest. Why can't you then, as the president or the prime minister of all of these people, go out and talk to them as well? Why can't you do it? And yeah. you, the only reason you can come to is that it's political. Because 
the reaction and the rhetoric certainly does not match what we saw on the ground. Yeah, but we've, and we've we've also conditioned ourselves, though, to allow our leaders to really only serve half of us. Obviously, that's yeah. in America, but I think that I think that that tone has been set across the globe, and so it isn't shocking to watch a leader anymore, which is really sad because, you know, as she was saying, her words were she she really made some great points. You know, you were you were brought in, you were elected to represent everyone. Even yeah. if people disagree with you, you still have to do and you should do what you just described, Dan. And yet, because of the conditions of our, our political system, we just basically have allowed our politicians to say, Oh, we're only here for you know half of you or less than half of you and the rest of you, yeah. good luck. And I think good people luck. would listen, guys. What do you think? Even in America, like President Biden said that he would be a president to all Americans, right? And that Trump wasn't. Now, if Biden were to come out and attend a Freedom Convoy rally or something like that or or speak to it or have a representative into the White House or something like that and talk to them, I think that would be well received. I think people would actually go talk to him, you Agreed. know, and, and if he treated him with respect. But but you're right, um, you know, that no, that's that's not how we've been conditioned now. Because you can't do that now as a politician because you'd be viewed as a traitor. All of, the, all of the core, all of the tribe would say, oh, you're a traitor for doing that. And I'm sure Trudeau feels the same way. Well, I can't go out there now. I called them unacceptable views. How can I negotiate with these people? Say you're sorry. Uh, yeah. Show some humility. People like human beings. Yeah. These are we're, We keep electing these robots and insane robots. And it's like, how about just be a person? Yeah, especially on something the, like it's not a political. It's not like a conservative liberal issue. You're talking about vaccine mandates like this this is something that just impacts actual people like regardless it should not be a left or right issue it should just be like all right what are we doing about this we've got a pandemic we want to be safe but we also want to let people live so what do we do like it, it shouldn't be like it's not like abortion or something where you know you're going to get into all the same old arguments which again i'm all for having but it's different right this is different than the usual yeah, and I think the issue is is at this point, we've we've empowered the media to we've yeah. put them in charge yeah. uh, of the situation. Uh, it's not the president who's in charge. It's not the prime minister who's in charge. It's it's you know the Canadian press and the United States press here uh, that's in charge of the situation. Because I think it would be well received if uh, Prime Minister Trudeau or President Biden uh, went and spoke with protesters who are you know hold a view critical of of the government. Yeah. Uh, it would be well received, I think. By those people. The problem is, is that the media would then say he's legitimizing a a fringe and dangerous perspective, yeah. uh, and the president knows I'm, he can't go out and do that because then he's going to deal with wall to wall coverage yeah. about how he's abandoned morality. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, I think that that's the issue. And I want to add to what something Evangeline Lilly said uh, about the press is she condemned them for suggesting uh, and painting the picture that it's a violent protest without really giving any sort of indication that it actually is violent because yeah. there's there's nothing to point to. So she said, don't let the press brainwash you into division and hatred. Yeah. The antidote to prejudice is knowledge. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's wow. good stuff. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, and it's, it's look, it's refreshing to see a celebrity not parrot the usual viewpoint. So good for yeah. her. Good for her. Yeah, and she may be big enough to not get canceled. So we'll have to wait, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, she's um, got her next, her next movie comes out next year. So we'll see. 
Yeah, we'll see. They may have to put in computer <laughs> animation or something. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> our last our last story is about this really interesting woman I connected with. Her name is Adrienne Johnson. She's actually the chief of staff over at PragerU. And, you know, PragerU is a really interesting organization. They, they're just, they're uh, devoted to conservative ideals. They make a lot of interesting videos. Um, but she had a video with PragerU, and it was about her transition from being an atheist, an outspoken atheist, to finding Jesus. Really interesting video. So we connected with her over at Faithwire, and we did an interview with her, kind of just having her break down what her life was like. She described herself as essentially being a, and this is a quote, a chain-smoking, tattoo-covered, sexually promiscuous, suicidally depressed atheist who was transformed by Jesus. And so that obviously caught my eye. And so we sat down and talked with her, and it was really an interesting journey. She uh, was somebody who found politics in college. And here she is. She's got a lip ring. She's all tatted up. And she's finding herself really resonating with the conservative side, the libertarian side. And so she ends up diving into politics, but at the same time said she was very hostile to faith. She was hostile to anybody who had any kind of religion. She said she thought they were not very bright, they were not very intelligent, and that she was all about, quote, science and rationality and common sense. And, you know, she kind of went very deep into her story of looking to fill this hole that she had in her heart. So she's loving politics, hating faith, and then one day somebody invites her to a play. They invite her to the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. And at that point in her life, she was trying everything because she knew she had this, you know, God-shaped hole, essentially. She didn't realize it was God-shaped at that point. And she's looking to fill it. She goes to this play, and it changes her entire life. She said, quote, I was hit so profoundly that I had to at least consider Christianity as an option, which as a former atheist is just the most ridiculous, uncomfortable thing to consider ever. And so that play, and this is why it's so interesting, you know, these movies, these plays that we sometimes take for granted, they can really be a starting point. That was sort of her starting point into faith until one day she looked in the mirror and she realized, I believe this. I'm a Christian. It was really fun kind of hearing her talk about it. It wasn't just this one moment. It was a very slow sort of process, but um, she remarried. She ended up losing her marriage in the midst of all this. Um, remarried after she became a Christian. She has two kids. And now not only is she living as a person of faith, but she's helping run things over at PragerU. So it's just a, it's a cool story. The why it matters is it's never too late to change. Anyone can change. And I'd encourage people to check her, her story out. Yeah. I always love a good testimony like that, especially when it's people of her type of background where they would just in no universe could they imagine believing in Christianity and they just are all about the science and they think it's crazy and they think it's ridiculous. And then through no actual, you know, uh, not that she didn't look at it or anything like that, but just there's no like smoking gun, right? It's just kind of like, wait a minute. Oh my goodness, I believe this stuff. Because to me, that's just such evidence of God drawing us in and not just us being smarter than the average bear, right? Like God woos us, draws us in, and you have this realization that, oh my goodness, this is all true. Yep. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. It's cool to see uh, stories like this because it reminds me that no matter 
no matter how many times we get in the way or we try to get yeah. in the way, uh, nothing can stop the Holy Spirit from, yeah. you know, from from reaching us. And he's going to do his work uh, with us or without yeah. us. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just it, it's a great reminder of God's mm. uh, sovereignty and his his incredible love for us. I know a lot of people don't like the song Reckless Love for you. That's a theological <laughs> debate we could get into. So oh time. boy, Trey, you're going to oh, go there. Yeah, there no. go. I, the only thing that I want to say is that it is t- to us from a human fallible perspective, the way God will pursue us unendingly seems reckless to a human being because we know we'll get hurt if we keep pursuing somebody who hurts us over and over again. But God's not like that. He loves us, you know, completely uh so he you know and perfectly uh, so he's going to pursue us no matter what our action is well not only is evangeline being canceled so are you (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that is encouraging though for me as well just from a from a parent aspect and and perspective on that because i mean billy i'm sure you can speak to this there's some days you're like wow like if i'm the example how are these guys ever gonna (laughs) you know follow me you know i'm just a i'm a mess half the time. So, um, so then you realize, Oh, wait a minute. It's, it's God's grace. that's drawing them in. Like, yes, you know, we have, we're to train them up in the way they should go and do that to the best of our abilities. But as fallen people, we're going to trip all over that thing, especially in the chaos of parenting. Uh, Billy, I know some of your kids are the same age as, as mine and ish. And, uh, you know, it could be a little, a little chaotic at times. And, uh, you know, <laughs> your best side doesn't always come out. So it's, it's great to know that, it's God's grace and and drawing that really does the heavy lifting there. And it's not all weighing on our shoulders. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Trey, what you said is totally true. I'm teasing about the cancellation, but (laughs) people do get fired up about that song. But yeah, no. And and what you said, Dan, yeah, the the tough days where you're kind of like, oh my gosh. Um, And and look for her, I love the fact now she's got these two kids and she's going to be able to raise them in a way Mm -hmm. that she wasn't raised, that she didn't have. She talked a little bit about her, you know, upbringing, which it sounded fine, but her parents kind of let her do whatever she wanted. And so here she's going to guide these kids, you know, throughout all those struggles to the right direction, which is amazing. Mm. Absolutely. Good stuff there. Good story. And look at that. Just like that, we got everybody through Monday. Your Monday is over. Forget about the clock and all that time. It's it's over now. It's great. So we, the, we're one step closer to the weekend. And um, we can all celebrate that. So, all right, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. We will be back here tomorrow. Don't forget, George Thomas from CBN is on the ground in Ukraine and providing all the latest updates on that situation. So God bless. See you back here tomorrow.